Welcome to a special Dell Technologies Healthcare Power Chat Genomics Edition podcast, where you hear from the experts about genomics and next generation sequencing technologies. Welcome to part two of a special Genomics Edition podcast giving an introduction to next generation sequencing, or NGS. In part one, Sasha Pagel, Global Business Development Manager for Life Science and High Performance Computing for Dell Technologies and our recurring guest in this series, defined NGS and explained the drivers for its rapid growth and associated challenges. He also described the NGS data lifecycle and its impact on healthcare IT strategies and discussed compute options, including accelerators. Let's pick up the conversation. Sasha, last time we were discussing the data lifecycle, and let's continue that discussion thread. Can you give us the options for storing NGS data? Groups are using two foundational technologies, file storage and object storage. And there's a lot of different choices out there that you could use, ranging from open source parallel file systems like Cluster, or you could choose newer file systems like BGFS. But a file system that's been in the market since the very beginning of the introduction next-gen sequencing is 1FS, which is the operating system that's found in the Isilon storage hardware technology. 1FS has been used for well over a decade, partly because of the characteristics of the next-gen sequencing workload. It needs to handle a lot of data, needs to be able to bring in data from a variety of different sources, for example, from a Windows machine environment, but turn right around and serve that into an HPC environment over a protocol like NFS. And then at the same time, be able to offer capacity for archiving purposes. So those sound like some good options for file storage. Any other options? There's also object storage. Again, if we look at this DNA sequencing service providers, sometimes you see a pattern where they do a lot of the initial processing on premise and then as a way to deliver the data to the customer, then they package it up and then they'll push it into, say, an S3 bucket or an object bucket, any one of the three cloud providers, or they'll stand up their own potentially object storage technology for example, like ECS from Dell Technologies, in a way that they can trade that data around between geographic sites and be able to deliver that data to their customers. Sasha, those are some good options you laid out for compute and storage. Could you now take us through the broader ecosystem that enables NGS? If we zoom out in the broad ecosystem of partners out there in terms of next-gen sequencing, There are instrument manufacturers, companies like Illumina, where we have to develop and ensure that there's compatibility with our technologies like Isilon and ECS or 1FS. In terms of those sequencing instrument providers, there are Illumina, there's Oxford Nanopore, there's Thermo Fisher, PacBio. And that's something that I want to call out is that even though Illumina is the predominant technology that's used by our life science customers, it's not uncommon that they use next-gen sequencing technology from multiple instrument manufacturers, in part because not all sequencing or next-gen sequencing is the same. Some of them have specific purposes, and they do some things better than some of their peer technologies. So you need to be able to work with all of those instrument manufacturers. So those are machines to capture the sequencing data. What other technology participates in this ecosystem? If we think about the analysis space, that is a huge universe of lots of different open source software methods. And that's really driven part because there's constant innovation and different approaches to slice and dice the ATGs and Cs. Some software is becoming more commonplace and part of common practice. And at the same time, there are others that are new and developing. 
So for example, if you think about the analysis space in terms of the data lifecycle, the first stages of analyzing next-gen sequencing data is called mapping, alignment, and variant calling. There's a method out there called GATK that's developed by the Broad Institute. It's actually a three-part analysis method. It's broadly used and everybody has a good idea in this space how long it will take them to actually analyze their sample. And it's also a way to kind of gauge and benchmark other related systems. So that's something that's in common practice, a lot of related tools, hundreds of tools. So we've captured the data and we've analyzed it. What else? Where there's a lot of innovation development that's going on in much bigger sort of commercial ecosystem is the space of interpreting these differences or variations. And so there's a lot of on-prem applications that organizations can take advantage of which rely on Hadoop and Spark-based technologies. So think of Cloudera, for example, which is a large partner of ours. But at the same time, there are cloud analytics technologies out there that enable organizations to fine-tune and understand what these genetic differences are. And these range from companies like DNA Nexus or Fabric Genomics. And there's a lot of custom shops as well. There's just dozens of them in this space. Sasha, I also understand there's technology for archiving this data. On the archiving side, it's not about just archiving data, but this becomes making choices about data management software. Here at Dell, we know that that's a key focus for us, and we made an acquisition of a company called Data Frameworks, which has now been incorporated into a software solution called Data IQ, which is designed to manage data across different storage endpoints. But there's a lot of other open source and commercial choices that you can make too, whether it's Architecta or they develop something called MediaFlux, Starfish. There's the open source consortium, the IROTS consortium, which the former Dell EMC, we've contributed software to that project in the spirit of data management. So there's lots of choices to be had in terms of the broader ecosystem. Sasha, once you've determined your NGS data lifecycle framework, how do you incorporate into that framework choices between on-prem, cloud, and hybrid cloud? Again, it kind of comes back to what's the mission of the organization. Let me see if I can do it by way of example. If you think about one of our largest customers, the Broad Institute, their philosophy is that information technology really shouldn't get in the way of science. And there, they use three different clouds. They have a private cloud, which does a lot of the 24-7 initial processing of next-gen sequencing data. But if you are a Broad collaborator, you may be working with others and taking your next-gen sequencing data that was processed by the on-prem cloud, taking that and analyzing it in AWS with a collaborator using a variety of different tools, or you may be taking it into GCP, into Google, and getting the work done there. And that comes back to the mission of the Broad is to move science forward and IT shouldn't be getting in the way. What other types of situations would drive this decision-making? If you think about other types of customers, for example, where you see a lot of activity these days are organizations like children's hospitals where they're trying to do a rapid assessment or a diagnosis of a newborn child. Occasionally, a child was born and it's very difficult to diagnose what is wrong with that child because things aren't going according to plan. And in that case, you may actually be using a hybrid approach where you're using, say, the Dragon FPGA platform from Illumina, where a sample can be processed in about 20 minutes doing those first stages of stitching the genome together. 
And then moving that process genome into a analytics phase and doing that all in less than 24 hours because they have to inform or support some sort of diagnostic decision going forward in a very short period of time. In a clinical setting, you have to deliver that diagnosis as fast as possible. So in terms of making choices, in terms of what you do and how you do it, really has to fit with the organization's goal and approach. Sasha, do you have any case studies you can share where NGS has been applied? There's quite a few. On the Dell Technologies website, you'll quickly find customer profile videos of, say, the German Cancer Research Center or TGen, these types of places, or the Garvin Institute in Australia. So the best thing to do is go check out that description and follow the link, and you'll be able to get to case studies pretty quickly. Sasha, thanks for all this great information. I'm sure we've just scratched the surface on a very complex subject. Where would listeners go beyond the case studies you mentioned to learn more about NGS, Dell Technologies Solutions, and the ecosystem? Just to understand the technical underpinnings of next-gen sequencing, just go to Illumina.com. They have a great couple of pages there that explains what is next-gen sequencing and how it works and with a lot of great graphics. So you can see down at the molecular level what's going on with the chemistry. If you want to learn more about commercial software solutions, one that's gaining a lot of traction is called Parabricks. And if you go to just NVIDIA.com and go to their site search and search for Parabricks, then you'll be able to actually get a lot more information about the software platform that's taken open source methods and have adapted them to take advantage of GPU computing. And there's a lot more information there. Sasha Pagel, Global Business Development Manager within the Life Science and HPC Group at Dell Technologies. Thanks for this great intro to NGS, and thanks in advance for being a recurring guest expert for this genomics series. But for now, any final thoughts? Yeah, just to sum it up, we covered a lot of ground on this first podcast. I'm also pretty excited that in the next few series, we'll actually be able to invite and have some of our partners on as well. So I'm pretty excited to share what we've been doing with NVIDIA and specifically their Parabricks software stack and how that's going to accelerate the first stages of next-gen sequencing analysis. We'll also talk about data management techniques. We'll share some of the things that we've been doing here at Dell Technologies to really enable data management in this space. And at the same time, we'll introduce partners like Petagene, which is introducing some really game-changing data reduction or data compression technologies for next-gen sequencing. I'm looking forward to having those guests on and also look forward to talking about some of the approaches in terms of on-prem infrastructures, hybrid cloud infrastructures, and then also talking about some new and emerging architectures like multi-cloud with our partners like Faction. That sounds great, Sasha, and looking forward to those subsequent episodes. But for now, thanks very much for demystifying a complex subject, and we look forward to having you back on the next Dell Technologies Healthcare Power Chat Genomics Edition. All right. Thanks for the time.